0: Hello, and welcome to Be the Serpent, a podcast of extremely deep literary merit, with your classy and sophisticated hosts, Alexandra Rowland, Freya Mask, and Jennifer Mace. On today's episode, we're doing something different. We're test playing a tabletop RPG that Alex has created, which uses tarot cards instead of dice.
1: Welcome to the episode 80 extravaganza. I'm Alex and I am your game master today. I'm Freya and I am
2: Penelope von Meer. I'm Macy and I am Sophia van Nordster. We are three redheaded fantasy authors.
1: And today, Freya, or rather, Penelope, I should say, you have been contacted by your sister in law, Lisbeth van Meer. As you know, Lisbeth is kind of the uh, social matriarch of the Van Meer family, whereas you more run the business side of things. She knows about your little problem that you have been dealing with lately, and she invites you to come to her house, uh, and when you get there, she sits you down in her parlor, she serves you tea, she makes a little bit of small talk, and finally she takes your hands and she says, Pen, I... I think that I have a solution to the problem. I don't know if you're going to like it, but I think that it's time that we stop looking for solutions. And I think it is time to to act. Would you be open to getting help from Sophia van Nordster? And Freya, you know a little bit about Sophia van Nordster's reputation. Macy, I would like to you to briefly describe what Freya, a, a socialite, someone who is, is kind of in the upper middle class in this city, would know about uh, Sophie and, and her past. So
2: we are in a renaissance Dutch type situation with nobility and royalty and courts. And you might recall, Penelope, if you cast your mind back four or five years, the name Sophia van Nordster and rather a lot of yelling about the termination <laughs> of the marriage between the Duke and the Princess of France in the wake of a certain affair with a certain young woman who displayed absolutely no shame despite being caught in the act. No one has really heard much of her since, but it's said that she's still in the city and refused her opportunity to repent by going to... The convent
1: so yeah you like this name immediately calls up uh memories of some pretty major scandals in a in a city where major scandals are kind of the bread and butter of the news cycle uh but this one definitely jumps out at you you for sure remember her name you for sure remember this this big scandal uh and you're kind of you might be kind of surprised to hear that she's she's still around and that she might be a a helpful helpful resource what do you do?
0: Elizabeth, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I think what we are trying to do here is the opposite of everything <laughs> to do with that. Yes. I... We are not trying to attract scandal here. We are trying to do the opposite of that.
1: I, I understand. I, I understand, Penn. But Sophie, I know her quite well at this point, And that's not something that I advertise per se, but she is a a good person And she has made it her life's work to help people who are in tough situations. I spoke with her briefly, of course, without telling her any of the details about what you're going through. And uh, she has agreed to come talk to you about it to, to see if there's something that she might be able to do to help. And I just wanted to see if that would be something that you would potentially be open to as well. Two questions. Yep. Can she keep a secret?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Question number two. How much will this cost?
1: I think that is something that we can work out with her when she arrives. Yes.
0: As long as no information is exchanged before we've come to an agreement, I am open to it in theory.
1: Alright. Sophie, then. Uh, you receive another letter, uh, in the usual way, uh, from uh your friend Lisbeth. They kind of exchange letters in code sometimes and uh Lisbeth of course never sends a letter to to Sophie with her official like family seal. Uh like the the wax seal on the letter is always uh marked in a particular unique way so that uh Sophie knows Uh, what to look for and that no one else would would be able to tell. Uh, So you get another invitation to come to Lisbeth's house Uh, once again. It's probably a few days after uh, the first conversation that you had with her. And you arrive in the usual manner. Uh, Would you like to describe what the usual manner is? (laughs) I mean, swearing
2: somewhat, because she hasn't given me very long to repair the uniforms. Yes. It's only been two days and usually I have weeks and I have other work to do. And this is not very considerate of her. (sighs) (laughs) anyway regardless I approach the servants entrance after dinner with my bundle of livery that has been repaired and I have my brief conversation with the chief housekeeper who is still somewhat bemused as to why she keeps hiring out Mm -hmm. for this work as opposed to giving it to the perfectly capable housemates and I would imagine that I am guided to the mistress's chambers Yes, indeed. And what are you, what are you wearing? What is your appearance like? Plain and somewhat worn clothing, and my hair is covered under a cotton cap. Um, If you saw me in the street, you would take me as a serving woman of some sort. Um, There's embroidery on my clothes, but nothing fancy, no,
1: no jewels. No lace, none of that. Very plain. Yeah. So coming into uh, Lisbeth's parlor, of course, this is a room that you're familiar with. Uh, they are a wealthy merchant family, so it is quite, quite well decorated, quite uh, opulent, but not in a ostentatious way. Uh, Lisbeth van Meer is definitely a woman of taste. Uh, she herself is uh, sitting on a, a low couch in a in a nice frock. Uh, she has her hair done up for, you know, staying in the house, not going out and visiting.
0: Penelope is dressed as she would be for a business meeting. Uh, so she's not dressed super opulently, but her clothes are very well made, of very good material. So she's wearing a relatively plain mm. cut red, red dress, uh, and she has a pearl necklace which she always wears, a double string of pearls. And looks like she is waiting to take a meeting. Like if mm. you walked into a committee meeting, this is the person at the head of the table. Mm.
1: Yes, yes. Mm. Uh I think it's worth noting that uh Penelope and Lisbeth are both kind of like middle aged. Macy, how old early thirties. Sophie is about her early thirties. So a little bit a little younger. bit younger, yeah. Uh, So, Lisbeth rises when when you come in, and uh, she always greets you politely, uh, Sophie. Uh, She always gives you the same kind of courtesy that she would have when you were in your previous station, shall we say obviously not in front of other people, not in front of the servants, because she doesn't want to draw attention to you. Uh, she knows that that might hurt you as much as it might hurt her. Uh, but once you're alone, she she treats you with courtesy and respect. Uh, she invites you to sit down. She uh, introduces you. Uh, this is my my sister-in-law, uh, Penelope, uh, the person who I spoke to before, uh, who is in a, a small spot of trouble. And I'm sure you remember I told you that uh, she and her problem are very, very close to my heart and that you can immediately understand why that might be Sophie. Penelope, how much do you want to tell her initially about what the problem is?
0: Well, initially, Penelope crosses the room and she's taking her cues from Elizabeth in terms of how formal to be here. Mm -hmm. But again, she greets Sophie like she would greet somebody that she was meeting for the first time as a new supplier or a new buyer. Um, And sort of greets her politely and holds out her hand to shake.
2: Sophie is giving Elizabeth a look because this is a woman wearing a small fortune. Why does she need my help? Is what the look says which Lisbeth can probably read but she takes penelope's hand nonetheless and shakes it politely if perhaps a little coldly Mm. so at this point
0: penelope would like to use one of her inbuilt magics she has a little bit of touch empathy so having now shaken hands with sophie what is sophie feeling Not necessarily, like, a reason for the feelings or, like, any thoughts, but what are her emotions right now?
2: Exasperated and a little bit trapped. This is a favour. This is a favour to Lisbeth. This is not what she would usually be Mm. doing.
0: And that's reassuring to Penelope because the appearance of somebody from nowhere who wants to solve her problems is always a little bit suspicious to her, uh, and it makes her feel a little bit more (laughs) at ease that... Sophie as well that maybe has some reservations about this and does not necessarily feel great about the situation. <laughs> so so she so she sits down again. So how much has my sister-in-law already told you about the situation that I am in?
1: Almost nothing. Uh, I, I think I think uh, Sophie I, I gave you the impression that this was something that mattered to me very much. I know that you are here as more as a favor to me rather than something you would usually do. You know, she knows this. I, I think that she is, is socially deft enough that she can read your body language and like tell that you're a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. mm. You're a little bit more stiff with, uh, with Penelope than you usually are together with her. Yes, I was not informed the
2: person to whom this favor would be applied. Um, and so my
1: information, it is clear, yes, was lacking. Extremely limited. And I do, I do apologize for that, Sophie. Um, I
2: understand the urge to discretion, but you
1: understand and you must understand that I cannot do my job without information. I completely understand. And this is, I don't want you to consider yourself bound to anything by appearing here today. This is... More of a, a conversation to see if there is anything that you can do for us rather than a, an expectation. Once you've heard our story, if you decide that it's something that you want no part of, I respect that and you may Elizabeth, walk away. Lisbeth,
2: I, I treasure you, but stop. We are both aware that none bind me. In that way, I make my own choices and I have always done so. I will hear her. Thank you. You don't need
1: to fret. I promise that I would. That is all we ask. Penelope, would you like to give her an overview of the situation, or shall I? In
0: short, I am being blackmailed. I need help getting back the letters that are the subject of this blackmail. How much more information do you need from there?
2: My face is not unknown among certain circles. I need to know who else is involved if I am to be of use.
0: Right, so Penelope tells Sophie that... The other person involved uh, is somebody called Catherine. Catherine knows where these letters are uh, but cannot get access to them. They are being held by family members of Catherine's. These are people who are around the same social standing as us, so they are also members of the merchant community. But not the nobles.
1: I think it might be helpful if she knew a little bit more of the context of of how this happened. Is that something that you're comfortable with revealing at this point Penelope? I know it's an uncomfortable subject and it's something that both of us are still grieving but I please take my word that Sophie is a is a good person and a discreet person and also a person who cares very much about other people.
0: Alright, so Penelope is not super happy about this, obviously, but she, so she explains to Sophie that her husband, Crispin Van Mier, who was Lisbeth's brother, um, he only died a couple of years ago and it was a relatively long and unpleasant illness before he died. She had a very terrible time of it and during that time, she is not proud of it, but she did begin an affair with one of her friends who was there for her and providing a lot of support. Both of them knew that it was not gonna go any further and once Crispin died, had sort of agreed, they both felt quite bad about it and agreed it wouldn't go any further. Catherine's family had been very hopeful that Catherine would then marry me uh, and therefore, um, you know, she would be at their entrance into this very rich merchant family they were extremely annoyed when this did not in fact happen, uh, got their hands on some love letters, and since then have been blackmailing me with these letters.
1: Lisbeth, may I have a word in private? Of course. Penelope, if you'll pardon us for for just one moment. I think there's probably like an adjoining chamber, uh, which is a little bit more private, more of uh, Lisbeth's kind of private reading room or something like that, and she takes you in there.
2: Please explain to me precisely how
1: defending an adulterer Is justice. It never went that far. It was more of an emotional connection that got a little bit out of hand. Nothing physical ever happened between them. And Penelope is a good person. Catherine is a good person. Catherine is not the one... They are always good people. Catherine is not the one blackmailing her. Catherine was there for my sister-in-law when No one else was when even I was not able to be there for her. And I am eternally grateful that she was able to support my sister-in-law through the worst time of her life. It is unfair and unjust for Catherine's family to misinterpret what happened as something that could become a deeper connection. They know how much... My brother, Crispin, built up this business and they want to make this connection in order to take over as much as they can, even if it comes at the cost of blackmailing Penelope with her reputation. If this gets out, people will misinterpret it. People will exaggerate it. You know how people are. They will take what Uh, is what was a relatively innocent emotional connection and they will make it into filth. And that's not fair to her. And it's not fair to anyone. No one should have to go through that. We just want to make this not happen. All we need to do is to get the letters back from Catherine's family.
2: You know more of my past than anyone. And you are asking this of me. You are the Fine, 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 fine. But we're not doing this for free what can I do for you? Ask anything. Going forward, I I am going to need your resources behind the type of work that I actually want to be doing. I will put my skill to this. I will work on this. But now you are my client. You are not my
1: friend for this. I understand. I understand your reservations and I realize that this is not only a huge favor but a massive favor that i'm asking of you and i realize that that doesn't come without a cost um and she is now turning
2: away though you're still talking to go back to the other room okay it is fairly clear that
1: she is reevaluating her friend
2: okay uh
1: she follows you back into the into the other room
2: madam van meer is that the correct term of address do you prefer that What needs to be done? Uh, How confident are you that these items are the only items? Is retrieving them sufficient or is further investigation required? I'm confident that these are the only ones. What does it do if we retrieve these items and the family involved decides to go public without the evidence?
0: Uh, They don't have anything else because Catherine will deny it.
2: All right. You do not know where these letters are
0: held, is that correct? I'm not certain. I have a suspicion um, because they do business out of their house and their house is extremely secure.
1: And this Catherine does not have access? The letters were in Catherine's possession and uh, she was actually the person who told you that they had been stolen. She um, this would be already information that you have. Uh, She came to you one day in kind of a Quiet but calm, panic, and, si- and said that the the letters that you sent her, uh, which had been in a locked box, uh, the lock had been broken, her things had been rifled through, and the letters were missing. You later got a letter from someone in her family, you don't know who, uh, who said that uh, you needed to do the right thing and and marry Catherine. So Sophie is absconding a table and is pulling out a
2: quill and asking if there is ink available, and has pulled out a somewhat battered notebook. It looks like it was once very expensive. Um, It's gilded uh, and the leather is embossed um, in designs of a family crest, which Penelope might be familiar with, um, as it is the name that Sophie has technically no right to, but still uses. Um, Sophie asks in quite brusque manner, Um, for details of this family,
1: for the names of the main players, for the industry in which they are involved, and the address of the property. Okay. Uh, She gives you the address of the property. Uh, She gives you their surname, which is Van Wessel. Van Wessel. Um, I would like Alex,
2: if I can draw a card, I suppose, um, to determine if... Any of my previous clients have a connection with the
1: family themselves or with relatively well-ranked serving staff in that family. Okay, Um, would you like to draw a card or would you like to have that be one of your uh, cups relationships? Hmm. Uh, You have three two-point relationships. I think I will burn a two-cup relationship to see if someone has a a close connection with that family. So it's not so much burning it as we just sort we, we, of- We pin it assigned, to that. Yeah. We said that you you had like three two-point relationships for people that you had once helped. And one of them can certainly be uh, in the Van v- uh, Wessel family. You generally help people who are of the lower classes. Yes. Uh, we can say that this is like their their cook.
2: All right. Um, so I, I find the name and I, I read the name to Penelope and ask if she has come across this name.
1: Uh, Penelope, do you generally take much notice of what the yes. name? Well, I guess a cook, you might you might know the name of the, the Van Wessels cook. And remember, cook. I've
0: got a um, a two point power. You for do. Faces you have that that magic. So I, I, if I have met somebody's entire serving staff once, I remember all their names and all their faces.
1: Yes, that's correct. Uh, so the cook's name is Agnes.
0: And I will note that during during this process, I think uh, Penelope has gone around and sort of gotten a bit closer to her sister-in-law and sort of squeezed her hand as a thank you. In general, Penelope uses her eavesdropping power only on people she doesn't, isn't close to, But mm-hmm. so she does not usually eavesdrop on Lisbeth's conversations. However, she was feeling very <laughs> uncomfortable about this situation and did manage to catch why are we defending an adulterer before she withdrew her (laughs) eavesdropping power. So she is quite clear where she stands with this moralistic thief person and is quite (laughs) determined that she is going to be as cool and professional as possible.
2: Well, and you may recall, of course, that um, Sophia is a notorious
1: adulterer. Oh, yes. Sophia is notoriously an adulterer. Yes. So you might also wonder, like, why... Oh yeah, she's definitely so...
0: starting to wonder about what's go- what what has happened with this person and she has <laughs> yeah. certainly begun to realize that something doesn't add up in terms of Sophie's notoriety <laughs> and this you know intense you know hatred of trying to do something for an adulterer but she is not about to admit that she just used her power to eavesdrop on a power <laughs> private conversation so she's just <laughs> going to keep her mouth shut about that <laughs> mhm
1: mm-hmm. uh and what other questions do you have Macy what is our timeline uh Lisbeth and Penelope I think want it to be solved as soon as possible. They are aware that that is a thing that could take probably several days or up to a week. Uh they haven't gotten any threats saying like do this by this time or else yet.
0: But Penelope has been has been paying these people money and her yes. private her private funds are running very low the next due payment will require her to start cutting into funds that actually belong to the business, which is the one thing she has determined not to do. Mm. So from her point of view, there is a financial deadline, and let's say it's two weeks.
2: Madam Van Mier, how closely do you wish to be involved in solving this? Because it would be easier for me to simply take care of it
1: quietly without your presence. I, Alex the DM, would love <laughs> for Penelope to also be there. <laughs> but if you guys decide to split the party, we could try to make well, it work.
0: Well, let's say uh, I could be aware of like a social event or something.
1: You do know that there is going to be a dinner at the Van Wessel family house uh, in like three or four days. Of uh, Penelope has been invited, it's sort of like a negotiation thing. They're probably looking to pressure you uh, to marry Catherine. All right. And so... Presumably Penelope has brought this up when I
2: start asking about the cook? Yes, I would think so. All right, well, we'll have to see, but I would expect Agnes might be willing to bring me in as temporary serving staff. If I were to ask nicely, I will be expecting, of course, the Van Meer family to be footing all such pleasant requests bills. I would expect that would go without saying.
0: Do you need letters of reference? Do you need clothes? What what is it materially that you need? Um,
2: let's say that Agnes the Cook has some fondness for nice embroidery or jewels of some sort that one could provide something that would not be out of question for a cook at a well respected family to mm-hmm. own.
0: Okay. Well, if you let Penelope know what's needed, she can probably get those things at like, let's say, basically wholesale prices, or get a very good deal on something. So does Sophie know who Penelope is in terms of what her family business is? Sophie
1: knows what Lisbeth's uh, business yes, is. Yes. And so y- Okay, so same business. Yeah. Yeah, so you would know. And you've probably heard uh Lisbeth talk about uh Penelope before. Like, oh, my sister-in-law. Mm. Uh you know about like the the family's tragedy with uh Crispin van Meer uh dying and so forth. Yeah. Is there anything else than uh,
2: Madame Van Meer, that requires our arrangements before the time of the
1: event? Um, I don't think so, unless you have any questions. Uh, if you want to do preliminary um, investigations, or I'm not really sure exactly how you approach your business, please forgive me. Uh, but do rest assured, if there is anything that I can do to help you out, or if there are any resources that you need, please consider that you have a carte, carte blanche. Um, Pen- Ma-
2: um, I need a different name to call Penelope and to call this, but I can't call you both Madame Van Meer. Penelope
0: said you can call me Madame Penn, which is what her employees call her.
2: Then, uh, Madame Penn, we-, we will not have time to talk in detail before the event, I suspect. The less we are seen to meet, the better. I need to understand the boundaries of what you are willing to do in this house during this event, I can take care of things quietly in the background, but I will not be able to ask questions of the family. I will not be able to put pressure on the family, and I do not know them well enough to confidently read when they are lying. Are you able and willing to perform that function for me?
0: Yes, I do know these people fairly well, and I can give you as much information about them as you need through whatever means is necessary on the day. I'm willing to do almost anything to these people that will not get out. Like I have to, main, I have to maintain my reputation as someone who uh, who is trustworthy in business and who basically deals fairly in business. That said, like the relationship between my family business and this family is not strong. Like we are not known to have very strong allegiances, oh. and if we are to have a public feud, I'll deal with it. I would prefer things to be kept as contained as possible.
2: So Sophie is now contemplating drugging them, for reference.
0: <laughs> cool. Okay, look, Penelope is behind that. Penelope has had it <laughs> up to here with these people. Yep. Um, the only thing that she would say is that if something like that was going to happen, she would want word to get to Catherine to not be at the dinner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Your morals may make this more complicated than it needs to be. Um, but I can abide by that limit. But other people um, send for,
0: for Catherine and say, well, you agree to be drugged. It's harmless. It will wear off.
2: Yeah. Sophie is not willing to cut her in on the information. Okay. Um, Sophie does not trust Catherine because Sophie does not by nature trust, again, adulterers. By the <laughs> way, you,
1: both of you came up with this plot line completely <laughs> independently. Yeah. And I was like, cool, these go well together. <laughs> Um, so we
2: probably break up this meeting and she's also going to set her street kid apprentice ghosting around, seeing if anyone has been hearing things about anyone gambling high, anybody buying large amounts of jewellery or fast horses connected with this name. Okay. And I think, Alex, you probably want me to draw... um...
1: Actually, I think I'm going to draw a card as the NPC uh, to see, like, what he... Finds out and how successful he is. The scrappy street kid, apprentice, kind of plucky <laughs> sidekick that you have. You got because I wore of- a ridiculous
2: number of cups.
1: So I have minions. Cups just keep coming up for you. Yeah. So you got the four of cups. This is old memories, dissatisfaction. Step back and look at the problem before taking action. That is what you're doing in this situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, He doesn't, he doesn't have too much like juicy gossip. Uh, A lot of this is stuff that you kind of are already ambiently aware of. Uh, The Van Wessel family, uh, the... Patriarch and his eldest son do quite a lot of gambling. Uh, the eldest son is especially kind of known to be borderline dissolute. And so I'm not getting anything new that's changed. This is just ambient? Not, no, no, not too much new. Uh, you haven't been able to to figure out whether they have suffered any, like, major financial losses, uh, other than, like, because they're they're another merchant family. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. all merchant families have some, sure. like, oh, yeah, you lost a ship last year. Like, that kind of, it's a thing that happens. It's not unusual. But you, you haven't been able to figure out anything, especially, like, huge and new. Uh, let me see what Agnes has for you, though. And what would Penelope have told me about this family? Good question. Penelope, what do you think? You can make some stuff up as well.
0: Mm, I'm having a think because during this time, I think Penelope is also going to be doing a little bit of uh, Van Wessel digging of her own. Like she already knows mm. quite a bit, but I think this meeting has changed her approach a little to what she thinks is now going to happen. Um, so she'd be obviously because she's been very involved with, both Catherine and now being blackmailed, she does know quite a lot about their business connections. She would not probably have volunteered them to Sophie unless Sophie specifically asked about the business side of things because she was Mm -hmm. assuming that that would be less relevant and also she's in the habit of keeping her knowledge to herself.
2: Sophie's goal is to narrow down who amongst the household is likely to be physically holding the letters since you've told her you think they're in the house. Right. Sophie would love to be able to take care of them one and done during this dinner party while she is a serving girl and thus has a degree of entrance. Okay.
0: Sophie's money would be on Catherine's brother, but her parents are also possible.
2: Okay. And the reason is how mm-hmm. the letters are written, or is there any evidence other than your knowledge of the family?
0: Knowledge, more or less, like, the in terms of their personalities. Okay. Yeah. And like Because, like, the, the blackmail has basically just been done by letter
2: yep 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 yep.
0: um and it's just been signed with the family name and like she's gone to Catherine and Catherine can't really work out who it was they're assuming Mm -hmm. that they're Mm -hmm. using some kind of you know either disguising the handwriting or using a scribe or something but they they, like yeah she doesn't know she is like Catherine and Penelope are both relatively sure it is probably Catherine's brother uh but her parents were also very disappointed when it didn't turn into a a marriage and she, she wouldn't put it past them
1: Sure. So the card that Ag- that I drew for Agnes uh, is great for you. Uh, this oh is God. the Four of Pentacles, grasping at money. You or someone oh, close nice. to you is very money oriented. This card indicates a person who has an unhealthy grasping control of finances. So I think that I think that Agnes has possibly even too much information for you. <laughs> um...
0: <laughs> Agnes is a busybody.
2: <laughs> possibly, it's more bribeable than our relationship.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think that Agnes is very bribable. For one thing, I think that she collects teapots. I think she collects fancy teapots, and so you bring her you bring her a fancy teapot, uh, and she I will, is. I will
2: I will requisition then because I know that Agnes likes teapots because I was the one who helped her out in yep. a sticky situation. Probably, I'm going to say that Agnes um, was framed for stealing something. Okay. And okay. I helped her. And if you
0: bring fix- that request if you bring that request to Penelope, she will be bemused, but she will get you a fucking amazing teapot.
2: I will come to Penelope for an amazing teapot and one or two small items of jewelry that are that a chambermaid might want.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh you get all of those things easily. Uh Agnes is fucking thrilled about the teapot. Uh <laughs> she's also uh like like, she's, she considers you someone that she respects. Uh, right. And she's obviously very grateful for, for your help uh, in, in clearing her name. Uh, especially because the city is so much built on reputation. Like, having a, a servant with a, a black mark to her name like that would be very damaging for her. Uh, so she gives you possibly too much information. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> more information than you wanted. Uh, she tells you that, you know, the family is... Like, they're very greedy people, uh, especially mm. especially the brother. Uh, she kind of has, like, a, a judgmental view towards him as well. Um, I think it's three children. I think it's Catherine and an older brother and a younger brother. So Catherine's mm. the middle child. And the, the elder brother is always getting into trouble and always losing money and uh, gambling too much and uh, kind of being a little bit of an embarrassment. He hasn't lost enough money to be like permanently embarrassing to the family. You know, like like there's losing at gambling and then there's losing at gambling, you know? There's losing and then there's, I bet my
2: family's shit.
1: Right, and he hasn't done that yet and he he wins often enough to not sure. be a complete laughing stock in the city. The younger brother is more quiet and scholarly, and he's kind of bookish. Agnes also has like tons and tons of gossip about the the staff and uh everyone uh The butler has been serving the family for years and years and years uh and is very loyal the there's a uh, a few of the upper chambermaids uh have been very loyal and have been serving for years and years as well. the rest of the staff they kinda come and go uh nobody else has been there as long as uh I think like Agnes the butler and those two chambermaids uh the upstairs maids rather uh uh one of them is the uh madame uh what is their last name again uh Van Wessel one of them is madame van Wessel's um uh, lady's maid. Uh, and one of them is like the the general upstairs maid.
2: And I'm going to to, to pause Agnes's continual spew of information. Over the <laughs> She's tea so and into that <laughs> the Tea and the tiny biscuits. Yes. Um. And say, um, Agnes, my my dear, um, I'm. Has anyone been spending more than usual, and have their habits changed since a month ago? Let's say.
1: Um. Let me see. Let me see. Well, it's, it's hard to say because we just had a, a holiday and we just got, uh, uh, master Van, uh, Van Wessel was, was generous with the holiday bonus. And so, you know, everybody has been, has been spending a little bit more. Uh, the ladies' maid just got a new frock. Um, the downstairs maid got a new pair of shoes. Uh, we've been bothering Agnes, her about that for Agnes, a while. Agnes, what? Agnes, I
2: mean, of the family. Oh of has the anyone's family habits suddenly changed
1: not particularly not that I know of um I know that uh again it's it's hard to say because the holidays are such stressful times for everyone but uh master van meer or master van wessel has been has been quite stressed lately I know that he has been spending a great deal of time in his study um, I know that Madame Van Wessel has been concerned about the the quality of the food that we're serving at at the the dinner parties. We have had a, a few fewer dinner parties lately than usual, um, but I guess this is the beginning of the social season, so we're kind of ramping up to it. Uh, and she's just like telling you stuff yeah, and telling yeah, you and stuff and telling you stuff. I'm just sitting there
2: going like polite smile, polite, polite smile, smile.
1: <laughs> Uh,
2: Agnes, thank you. All of this has been so so helpful. Um, I need one more favour.
1: Oh, oh, sure, of course. What I, what is I it? I
2: pull out I pull out the nice bronze locket or whatever it is that that Penelope gave me.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
2: I hate to ask this, um, and I promise I won't embarrass you, but I need to be serving at the table at the next dinner party um, to. It's a matter similar to the one I shan't discuss of Mm. our acquaintance. You would be helping to defend a person in need by doing this for me. Can you... Is there anyone amongst the serving staff who would take this in exchange for... Having a headache. You
1: mean having a day off from not having to serve at table for this tedious dinner party? Yes, I think that would be fine. Uh, I think that that one of the girls would be more than willing to to do that if that's what you need. Um, She's like a little bit dubious about this, but like she does owe you a favor and like giving you a bunch of information for the teapot was something that she was more than willing to do um this she's a little bit more like hmm this is weird but okay um and she she's like yes uh, leave it leave it to me and i'll i'll uh, let you know and yep soon enough she sends you a, a letter probably the next day to say like uh yes clarice has decided to go visit her sick auntie uh on the out- <laughs> outskirts of town
0: all right. So in this time, yes, Penelope has gone to visit her business manager. Okay. So, so the business manager has been working for the Van Meer company for a long time, uh, but he is actually a very minor son of a noble family.
1: So okay. So he, he
0: maybe has some noble connections, probably not many, but like he still keeps in touch with... At this point... Penelope is going mad with curiosity about who the fuck Sophie is. <laughs> so she has gone to her business manager, who she who is one of the few people who knows about her magic as well. She's very quiet about her magic. She mm-hmm. knows that this whole dinner party thing might be a little easier if she explained to Sophie that she can overhear things on the other side of walls and rooms. But number one, she just used it on Sophie and is not keen <laughs> for that to get out. And number two, like like the fact that she has these powers, she does keep them quite secret and she just uses them according to her own moral code, such <laughs> as it is. But her business manager does know about these, the, the touch, empathy, and the overhearing. Um, and they, they've sort of tried to use them a little bit to try and find out more about the black man. like she's gone and tried to sit on the other side of the room at the coffee house that these people, you know, haven't, they haven't really managed to get much. Um, but her, her business manager doesn't know really about that she's being blackmailed, but like knows that there is something going on financially in her private life mm-hmm. um, that she's quite stressed about, and she goes to sit down with him. His name is Elskin. Elskin. She goes to sit down with him. And says, Elskin, this is a little bit different to what I would usually be asking you, but I need to know what you might know about that. Okay, so what what was her name when there was the big scandal?
1: She has kept her name and everyone is unimpressed with that. And uh, Lisbeth introduced her. Uh, So her last name is uh, Van Nordster.
0: I need to know what you know about what happened with Sophia Van Nordster. This is relevant, (laughs) I promise, (laughs) but I can't (laughs) tell you exactly why. And the business manager is quite used to me making slightly weird requests that will become relevant later on. I want to know what do you know about what what happened then and what is known about what she might be doing now but mostly what happened back then how much does he know and I am prepared to burn a couple of my cups points if the card is not good
1: Burning burning a cups point at this point that would be to say like that you had a relationship with with someone that you had a connection with someone so that's not necessarily going to be mm-hmm. Yeah so this is going to be more drawing a card This is a
0: three point relationship that I have with him so he'll like do what he can Oh to yeah
1: yeah. And he's, he's totally willing to give you that, that information. Yeah. That's, that's not something that uh, we're, we're drawing a card to see what information he has for you rather than like, is he willing to do it? So you got King of Swords reverse. so this is this is an incredible card uh the king of swords opposition obey the laws it is reversed Uh, opposition and obey the laws this card suggests a powerful but stubborn masculine influence who may be opposing you in a new project do everything exactly by the rules or you will lose there may be a need for the services of an attorney uh so macy macy do you want to do you want to tell me like how much i think that he knows more than like the normal amount of gossip i think that anyone who knew
2: people who were directly involved probably thought that the public rumors were a little fishy okay and so he at least knows that much and it's up to you as the dm to decide what pieces of this he had enough knowledge of to be suspicious about okay but also when you drew that card that's making me think that his knowledge is probably in the sphere of the duke rather than anybody else yep
1: that is what i that is what i am thinking as well <laughs> he knows that so basically there was a a connection and correct me if i'm I'm wrong macy i don't remember all of what we we uh mm. hashed out together but uh the duke of this city was uh engaged to uh the princess of france basically there was a, a minor princess a minor princess right and uh sophia was caught with the duke and uh the engagement between the duke and the princess was broken because of this yes I think that I think that Elskin is like I don't know though that seems that seems weird because like I mean you've heard rumors about the duke I mean like the duke is yeah that's not exactly the side of the bed that's that's not really his preference like (laughs) like he doesn't From everything I hear about the Duke, like, he doesn't really go for women? I mean, not in the way... Not in the way that you and I go for women, if you understand what I mean, Madam Penn. Um, Like, you and I... You and I both... You and I both get out on both sides of the bed as far <laughs> as I know. Uh, but the Duke, I think, is more committed to one side of the bed than the other, and it's not the feminine If are you catching my drift here? Elskin is not a very <laughs> subtle person. <All> right, <laughs> Elskin is, is
0: trying not to laugh. She knows Elskin quite well.
1: Elskin thinks that he Elskin like wants to be like a cool society gossip, but like nobody tells him anything because he's not. <laughs>
0: No, that's the thing, because I think that's the thing, because Elskin is, he's, he's from a noble family, and he, like, he really wants to be part of the noble classes, and he wants to yeah. know the gossip about things, and everyone's a little bit, mm, but he's a bit, like, he's not quite he's a of bit... the class. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, Penn loves him, because he's a great manager, and, like, sometimes it can be useful to have a little bit of an in, in terms of, like, what's mate, happening mate, mate. with the noble families at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, at this point, she is sort of putting the pieces together a little mm-hmm. bit, that... Possibly, you know, what happened with the Duke and the engagement was Sophie providing a service to someone in need. It's <laughs> sort of what she's putting together at the moment. Um, and that, you know, this was there was something going on uh, that Sophie did as, you know, was prepared to burn her own reputation for. Which to Penn is a big, like, okay, something big was going on there because she cannot understand anybody being willing to burn their reputation, because yeah. Penn's reputation is her most important thing. This is not entirely plot relevant. She's just very nice.
1: <laughs> that's okay. We're, we're here to have fun. We can like spend time on whatever we do. Uh, if at the end of the game I say, and you win, great job. Uh, that's great. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, you know, if nothing else, she is now going to like keep digging into this because she's very curious. <laughs>
1: okay. uh, let's cut to the dinner scene. It's a fairly small dinner as dinners go uh, with... Uh, the thing that you notice most is that it is the Van Wessel family and some of their closest allies. Uh, it's not really, like, a, a meeting new people and socializing with new acquaintances kind of, kind of dinner. Like, these are all people that you know, uh, and you know that you kind of stand out in the room as, like, a person who is not directly allied with the Van Wessel family, uh, other than, of course, most people know that you're friends with Catherine, um, Of course, not everybody knows like how close of friends you are with Catherine and uh, Catherine, I think at most social functions has been like a little bit cool and distant with you just because like you're kind of um, overcompensating a little bit uh, by like giving you a little bit of distance. She still like greets you warmly and says it's wonderful to see you. But um, unless you approach her to talk, she's not going to take that uh, initiative.
2: And meanwhile, I have already been there. Yes,
1: you have been there. You have been there since probably early morning because you've been helping out with things. Uh, Agnes provided you a a uniform and like a little cap. And so you are basically invisible unless you draw attention, attention to yourself.
0: Well, Penelope does her usual thing that she does at gatherings, which is to sort of pause a little bit inside the door, look around. She is now recalculating as to how many bridges she can burn business wise <laughs> if this all goes hair shaped in the room. She would deal with it, but she also wasn't expecting maybe this many like other people to be mm-hmm. involved. So she sort of stands near the door, like, you know, slowly taking off her coat, all the usual things, and basically casting her eavesdropping power very slightly around the room to see if there is any interesting conversations going on. Um, you know, anything that sounds like it might be relevant to her. Can I draw a card for that? Yes.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'll have you draw a card for that rather than me. What are you listening yep. for specifically?
0: Um, so listening for anything that might suggest that this is an, anything other than the ordinary in terms of a dinner. So anything between, especially between members of the Van Mussel family, uh, but um, also like anything between the Van Mussels and their allies that might suggest that they think this is slightly out of the ordinary as well. Like is there any, okay. any suggestion at all in the room that this is something more than just a dinner between people about business? So my card is <laughs> the nine of arrows, which is swords. So worries, worries that keep you awake, an issue that needs to be looked at more closely, trials and tribulations, guilt mm-hmm. or psychic disturbances.
1: Uh, so you're listening to see if this is anything more than like the usual. So this is just the beginning of the gathering, yes. and so and you're just arriving and, and removing your coat. And so this is kind of still the uh, phase of the night where people are making small talk uh, and, and not really digging in too deep. Uh, you do see that uh, pretty much every member of the Van Wessel family notices when you come in. And Madame Van Wessel and her husband uh, exchange a look. Uh, Master Van Wessel is speaking to uh, a person you're not familiar with. Uh, He's a tall man with like a uh, black goatee and uh, he's like tall and and thin and he wears dark clothing and he looks quite severe. Uh, Master Van Wessel, just from body language, you can tell that like he seems to be like approaching the, the conversation with a, a certain amount of like uh, warmth and, and warm hospitality. You can't tell at this point uh, how he feels about that conversation. Then let's
0: say she, yeah, she always wants to be introduced to people she doesn't know, mm-hmm. because she always likes to collect more faces mm-hmm. and names, uh, and she does want to know what's happening with the Master of the House, so she walks over and greets uh, Master Van Mussel and, uh, and holds out her hand to shake his, okay. as she always would. Um, and us to be introduced to this new person.
1: Yeah, he he greets you with a kind of strained warmth, like like he's forcing himself to be more warm than usual. You like you've had some some tense conversations with him. You know that uh, like he very much wants you to to marry Catherine. And what's he feeling? Like uh, that's a good question. Because uh, you did shake his hand. Uh, he is not comfortable right now. He is not comfortable. He is stressed. He is feeling. of overwhelmed and overstimulated and he is quite afraid of something He is feeling intimidated he introduces you to the person uh that he is talking to his name is uh master van henrik and you notice that he has a signet ring on his uh his hand when he shakes your hand uh that has a the impression of a dragon in it and how is he feeling he is feeling smug he is feeling tense, but not in an uncomfortable way. It's the kind of tense that a hunter might feel at the beginning of a hunt. And he <laughs> is feeling kind of amused and exasperated. Okay.
0: Well, so before we move on to Macy, I'll just say, okay, Penelope is now very intrigued and a little annoyed that there might be other intrigue that's not her intrigue happening at this party. Uh- <laughs> uh, but, she, but she'll start like a very small talky, conversation about the state of business in town at the moment with these people. The
1: only other thing that I'll tell you before we switch over to Macy is that it becomes very uh, apparent quite quickly, Uh, of course this would be part of the introductions as well, is that uh, Mr. Van Henrik is a uh, financer. Uh, And now we will switch over to Macy, Macy what are you up to?
2: So Macy made it into the kitchen early that day and has been quietly listening um ingratiating herself which she's not entirely good at um and trying to steer the gossip a little bit towards the master and the mistress and the master's study um because she has been thinking about her information and assessing the character Mm -hmm. of the brother as a gambler it would be easy to lose the money in an obvious way but somebody who is a compulsive gambler is not going to not splash out in noticeable ways so she is leaning towards this is something that the parents have been doing um and she is kind of rustling around as inconspicuously as she can manage because people are going to be suspicious of her she's not one of them to try to see what the gossip is in the servants below stairs
1: and she's been at this all day um things that you have found out uh everybody loves the younger son uh everybody loves the younger son uh he is a a sweetheart they are very worried about him he's kind of sickly and he doesn't leave his room enough and oh he works so hard on his studies they have nothing bad to say about him um everybody also seems fairly warm about catherine uh she doesn't spend much time in the house and so the servants don't know her as well um the elder son of course everybody has things to say about the elder son
2: does anyone warn me warn me not to get too close to him uh, i don't think such, i or? don't
1: think that he's that kind i think that he's he's more right. um like he parties too much and he comes home drunk all the time and like he keeps falling into the canals when he's drunk and like we're gonna find out one day that he drowned <laughs> overnight and it's going to be like a huge mess and y- we just need to be like more careful <laughs> of him you hear that um uh, Uh, the usual sort of gossip about the mistress of the house. Like she's very keen to get her sons married off. None of them are married yet. And the Mm. elder brother is kind of like getting to the point where he really should be married by now. The younger son is like, not, not quite there yet. Like he could get married now, but it's not like a huge pressing issue. Uh, The elder son is like, you really should be married by now though. Uh, And Catherine's kind of in the middle. The father, you Several of the uh, of the servants remark that like the last few days he's been like quite stressed and he seems quiet and uh, this is this is new information this isn't isn't something that Agnes told you when you asked a couple days ago mm. uh, but uh this is stuff that you're finding out now like he he seems quite quiet he seems stressed he's been in his study a lot you've heard that like someone uh named van henrik has been over to the the house visiting quite frequently they don't really know who he is though
2: i'm going to try to ask oh van henrik i have a cousin named that how long have
1: you guys been hearing from him I'm going to lie horribly, right? They aren't really sure. If, uh, uh, master Van Wessel has so many business contacts. Uh, this seems to be just another one of mm. his business contacts that he's been showing up at the house recently rather than going to uh, Master Van Wessel's office elsewhere in the city, uh, which is like the servants don't interact much. Weird. Uh, with, uh, with business contacts for that reason.
2: All right. So I have this new information about the Master of the House and I am now fairly convinced that something is suspicious about the master of the house. And so the, the time of the dinner party is gone. I'm probably not able to slip away while I'm well. I'm in the kitchens working so with So you've everyone. been
1: assigned to uh, wait the table. So you're kind of going back and forth. Like for most of the day you've been working in the kitchen to like help them get things prepared. Well, I was going to
2: ask if I could just um, say that I have canapes to pass around or something. absolutely. Yep, as they're absolutely. all mingling. So I'm I'm going to go up the stairs in my slightly ill-fitting uniform, tugging on it a little bit awkwardly, um, holding a tray of canapes, and I'm going to quietly appear behind Penelope and say, <laughs> "Shrimp pastry, Madame von Meer."
0: Yeah, look, Penelope is not the world's most amazing actress, but she is very good at um, acting like she does not know somebody and they are beneath her notice because she can wield that. Right, so right, she right. shows absolutely no sign that she has ever met. Um, Sophie before, but she does sort of linger a little bit over choosing which pastry she wants in case Sophie like wants to give her a signal or pass on any kind of information. I think by this point in the conversation, Penelope has is also becoming a bit more suspicious about what is going on with the master of the house and Van Henrik, um, and is like building worst case scenarios of her blackmail letters being sold on, and then she gets blackmailed by a financier as part of a debt arrangement. Like, she... She's very good at second guessing situations and coming up with worst case scenarios. And she's pretty sure something, something is going on that is stressing out the master's house. So she is reconsidering whether the brother is actually the most likely person because clearly there's some financial stress in this house.
2: So Sophie is going to quietly whisper that the master has been behaving suspiciously and I want access to his study. And that's what she's going to
1: say, Penelope. It's in your court. It is in your court, Penelope. What do you do? I will remind both of you, uh, you do have access to magic in the system. It's up to you as a character note whether or not you use it. I will maybe then whisper to Penelope,
2: you know, I can incapacitate him if you're willing to let me do that. And we can try to get his key. Unless you have a different suggestion.
0: Penelope is not keen for incapacitation in public. That seems a little attention attracting. So Penelope drops her own drink down the front of her dress. Okay. And oh dear, oh goodness me. Okay, I knew I should not have worn this one. It shows up stains very badly.
1: Clumsy. I'm so sorry.
0: It's fine. Maybe you could show me somewhere where I could wash it off.
1: Uh, Yeah, Madame Van Wessel comes over to uh, be a dutiful hostess, and she's like, oh no, dear, uh, if you need a a shawl or something to cover up, just let me know, I I have something. Uh, Mm -hmm. And she sort of, like, gives Sophie, like, a brief glance, but, like, servants are invisible, and she, like, snaps, Mm -hmm. uh, snaps her fingers. uh, Take uh, Madame Penn over to, uh, did she call you Madame Penn? Or does she call you Madame...
0: She called. She would, call, she would call me Madame Pen to my face because almost everybody does. But I think if she was referring to me. She in would front say Madame so She would probably, yeah. um, Madame uh, Van
1: take Mere, take yeah. Madame Meer to the uh, to the powder room so she can clean off.
2: All right. So we are now wandering free in the back stairs of this manor, which is great. <laughs> How does the master of the house feel about this?
1: Uh, he didn't notice. He was uh, he was deeply involved in his conversation uh, with. Uh, Sophie, you would have seen like the the tall, stern-looking man. You don't know who he is.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't care. I'm 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 not that fussed about the appearance of people yeah. right now. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. I have a logistics yep. issue,
1: so he did not notice. And
0: at this point, all right. So let's say all of Penelope's magic is to do with other people and mm-hmm. social interaction.
1: All her all her innate magic. All her innate magic. All her innate yeah. magic.
0: Well, let's say let's say that the magic that she does have a, you know, tends okay. to that way as well. She is going to attempt. she's going to sort of pause with Sophie, like, at the base of the stairs.
2: Right. And there are still servants around. So Sophie is going to hustle Penelope up the stairs, which isn't quite what she was meant to be doing into one of the guest bedrooms um, that she's been running around the house all day. She sort of knows the rough layout. It's also it's a a townhouse. It's probably fairly similar to others that she knows before. She knows where the master suite is likely Mm -hmm. to be. She hustles Penelope into an unoccupied room so they're at least out of the eyes of the servants. And then she says, all right, well I might have appreciated a little bit of warning, but here we are. What now?
0: So Penelope says, well, look, I have only been in the business areas of this house before, but it seems laid out here in a fairly standard way. I can make a pretty good guess as to where the study is going to be. If we can get ourselves in front of the door without you know, lingering in the corridor, I'm going to try and magic us into the study if it's locked.
2: All right. Um, that is a plan.
0: Yep. So basically she's like, can you get us some, something to like dab at the front with or something so we have something to do when we are standing outside the door? Like she she understands how things work. Like so she knows that it's a busy house. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on with this dinner party. As long as they can look like they have something to do while standing outside the door while she like carefully tries to
1: magic it open. You've got you've got like mm-hmm. a nice clean apron on. Uh so you could like Yep, I've got a I've
2: got an apron. I also have in my pockets some, some sewing kit and stuff. I can make it look like I am mending or fixing clothing quite easily. Um just as long as Madame Van Meer, um, if you're able to, to scold me somewhat, that might be added verisimilitude. I think I can manage that. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie's just like, ugh. <laughs> Sophie is not used to being scolded. Sophie is particularly not used to taking being yes. scolded. And but Penelope is feeling a little bit annoyed about
0: being moralized this. at by someone who's clearly hiding big secrets of her own and is going to enjoy the scolding quite a lot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: So Penelope gets them out, out of the room. She, she looks around, makes her best guess as to where... She, she can see two rooms that she thinks are probably going to be studies or business rooms of some point, and just sort of marches them towards the first one.
1: Sophie is going to try the handle. Okay, um, the handle is not locked. Uh, I drew the Ace of Cups, which is a joy and a fertile period, so I think that's generally a positive card. Uh, so the handle is not locked, you look in and it is not the right room. But so you you know that the the other room must be uh, must be the study. Like the room that you looked at was like a guest room or something. So when you go try the other handle, it is locked, which is I'm sure a huge surprise to everyone.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) All right. So Penelope pauses in front of this door and says, Hurry up. I I would like to get back downstairs to this dinner and sort of just stands there and waits, (laughs) Uh, but she also at the same time um, attempts to unlock the door magically.
1: Let me see here, I think this is going to be a medium difficulty spell because it's a lock that you're not familiar with, you are in kind of a tense situation so you're not completely at ease and it's not just lifting something, it's a little bit more complicated and, fit and
2: you're also in the middle of scolding yes. me and yes. your attention yes. is yes yes
1: so yeah a medium difficulty card so to do this magic spell you're going to draw 3 cards one cost one process one result and it will be in that order
0: um do you mean do you want them as they come up
1: um tell me tell me all 3 of them first and then we will uh look at what each one of them means and interpret okay
0: okay so the first one is the so this is this is a card that uses arrows rather than swords, but it is the uh, Prince of Swords, which I think is the is the Knight. But let me have a quick look at my. Uh,
1: that is the Knight. Yes.
0: The second one is the Five of Arrows, which is Five of Swords, and the fourth and the third one is the Four of Cups.
1: So for the cost card, that was the uh, it's the Prince of Arrows on yours, and Prince it's the arrows. Knight of Swords on everybody else's.
0: Yep. Yeah, so I have. Um, like the ability to move in an incisive way, creating clarity from confusion.
1: For mine, I got misfortune and persecution. An unexpected misfortune could be near. There will be unforeseen attacks on you as a person. Um, I think that uh, Macy, did you say something?
2: I'm just theorizing, but you are the DM, so you get to well.
1: But by all means, tell me your theory.
2: I was just theorizing that that sounds like a that sounds like a reputation cost of some kind. That sounds like.
1: Yes, I think so. I, I think yep. that it does some I think it stains your dress in some way. I think that doing this leaves evidence. Yes, I think that like it um, doing this like, uh, it's like you spilled bleach on the side of your oh, your dress.
2: I, I have an idea. Ooh, what's your idea? If this is the study of a businessman who keeps valuables in it in a world with magic. It probably has some sort of security system, mm-hmm. perhaps with a dye.
0: Yeah, I was mm. gonna say like a, yeah,
2: like an ink, thing, ink dye or something Ooh, like that.
0: Ooh,
1: that's
2: good. That's very good. Yeah,
0: yes. and it and it adds on
1: to the stain. Yeah,
2: and it's a particular color, and you can tell that that's where it's from. Yes,
1: I think that's yep. brilliant. Yes, so yes, you yep. uh, as you're doing this spell, like the the magical uh, security system like senses that a spell is being done, and it like sprays ink on your dress, sort of like a like an anti theft thing yep, yep, at the, the mall. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. yep. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Cool. Um Sophie, meanwhile, is now biting her lip not to laugh at Penelope, who
1: presumably Penelope is looks not at this and goes, Well, it
0: was stained anyway, so we're gonna have to find me a new dress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or I'm gonna need your apron, anyways.
1: <laughs> so the second card is your process card, and that was Five of Swords. Uh,
0: lack of trust that leads to conflict. <laughs> <laughs> is one of the meanings
1: of this one. I got slander, arguments, and failure. You uh, face a period of malicious slander, arguments, and pettiness. There is a possibility of failure of plans. Problems and trouble may arise from rash behavior. Um, So I I think that this spell might not work. (laughs) <laughs> and sometimes that happens uh let's let... yep,
2: and you just get stained with
1: the ink yeah, for no reason
2: and reasons. you just get stained yep. with the
1: ink for no reason let's look at the results card though because that's a four of yep. cups and i think that that might have an influence on it uh and we can kind of interpret them together four of cups for me is old old memories and dissatisfaction yeah i think that i think mm. that your spell fails unfortunately okay.
0: that's all right well penelope is not happy about this but she looks down looks up says well look my dress was stained anyway and i think i've just exhausted the anti-theft mechanism do you have any lock picks and or
2: magic yeah so sophie (laughs) meanwhile is is kind of unimpressed and not trying particularly hard to hide it if we're going to play up the arguments card (laughs) um and is being a little bit smug about like well People with privilege do always think that magic will solve everything, don't they? Have you tried being a little bit more practical?
0: I'm sorry, I must have left my lockpicks in my other visiting ball gown. This is <laughs> I tried something, it didn't work. What would you
2: suggest? Sophie Van Nordström has been supporting herself for four or five years as a seamstress. Mm -hmm. She has a pouch full of needles. Mm -hmm. Needles are not lockpicks. Needles do not work like lockpicks. But they are small, long, pointy pieces of metal and magic exists. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to try to do is use a combination of her sewing kit to help make the spell easier now that the Security mechanism has been exhausted. Sophie, being an exceedingly practical person, is going to first remove her apron and hand it to Penelope with a quiet mutter of, "Well, if this one gets stained, at least it's black on a servant's uniform." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great.
0: Penelope immediately wraps the apron around the stain on her own dress <laughs> and is like, "You're not getting it Sophie <laughs>
2: face palms and says, "Has it considered? T- have you considered waiting until the ink dried?" It's magic
1: because ink. Because it's, already it's going to soak through.
0: <laughs> it's magic ink. It's, it's fine. It's magic it's ink. <laughs> it's
1: not wet. It's, it's dry by now.
0: I have a similar thing on some of my warehouses. I know how this works. <laughs>
1: of course. My ladyship. So I think, so you're casting another spell in the lock to see if it works this time. With the, with yep. the sort of lock picks. Let's say that this is an easy spell then, since you're kind of like an, an assist thing. Uh, Sophie, is this you casting the spell or is this you assisting Penelope in casting the spell?
2: I feel like this character is not particularly good at magic but that this one is probably one she's done before in her line of work and so she is relatively comfortable she's done this before okay
1: I think and I think that you as a person are much more in a calm situation because you don't really have anything to lose so I think that we can say this is (laughs) an easy an easy difficulty spell so draw two cards a process card and a result card
0: Meanwhile, Penelope has decided that to get her own back, she is going to blame this clumsy servant for spilling, for coming up with like a cure for the stains and having like further stained her dress.
2: <laughs> Sophie is like, my reputation as a servant is really not my biggest concern, but go off, I guess.
0: Penelope's just venting her feelings.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, I have
1: drawn the Three of Swords and the Knight of Pentacles. Okay, that sounds better. Let's look at what we've got. Uh, The Three of Swords is your process card. That says emotional upheavals. Arguments and emotional upheavals will dominate this period of your life. Uh, I think that this is like, I think this is like an emotional impact on you. Um, I think that like doing this is emotionally exhausting. How does Sophie react to like being pushed to the very limit of her like emotional spoons? Um, this version of Sophie closes down
2: even further. And perhaps this magic is something that she associates with her prior life and she tries not to use when at all possible. And she is very unhappy at being pushed to using this skill she tries to minimize in the service of someone she doesn't particularly respect and feels like this is a trivializing use of her skills. Okay,
1: Uh, I think that that absolutely tracks. Uh, And so like you are it's it's not just like your natural like those are your natural feelings and then like the process of doing this magic kind of exacerbates it right and so like (laughs) you are you're like exhausted and tired in your feelings and you might be a little bit more touchy, and you might uh make mistakes later on we'll see how it goes and then what was the other one it was a the knight of pentacles pentacles I have efficient routine, conservative, methodical, tried and true. Yep, and right. I have gains and losses. Um, a loan is repaid. Yeah, so I think that this—I think that this works for you. And I think that it, like, you have had your gains and losses in this in this situation already. I think that you've had your losses. This is your gain. You get the lock undone, um, and the door opens. Uh, there are no other booby traps on it, and behind it is his study.
2: All right. The first thing that Sophie does um, is. Ushers the still quarrelling merchant lady inside, closes the door and looks around for other
1: exits. There is just one exit. Are there any
2: closets or hiding places? Because she's been in this situation enough.
1: Um, let's say there are, like, there's the sort of furniture that you would expect to find in a study. There's, like, a big filing cabinet. Uh, I think there's, like, a small wardrobe next to the door, but when you open it, it's just, like, some coats. Um, You could mm. potentially hide in there if you needed to. Um, It's big enough for that. Uh, and there is, of course, like, a massive, very cool desk. What does the desk look like? What's on the top of the desk? Um it is a big heavy sturdy oak desk um it has it's it's fairly clean uh it has the, the usual uh writing utensils that you would expect to find uh there's a stack of uh letters which have not yet been opened um, kind of in the inbox little uh situation mm-hmm. that he has and let me draw a card to see if yep. if there's anything else on the desk
0: I think, meanwhile, Vanellope has slightly the opposite reaction to being in this stressful situation. Like she quite likes combative situations. She enjoys like <laughs> business deals and arguments, and actually like getting to yell a little bit, even though it's in play, has made her feel a little bit more relaxed and excited about this whole thing. So she steps in. Like she can tell that Sophie's really not happy with how things are going but she's feeling a little bit better because she's gotten to yell at someone and she always likes yelling at people and she turns to Sophie and says so like just for the record if somebody catches us in here and we try to kiss to avoid suspicion you're gonna bite my tongue off right
2: I'm certainly going to apply something sharp somewhere sensitive let's put it that way
1: yeah that's what I figured (laughs) good question asking the important questions thank you Freya uh, when I drew the card for whether you find anything else, you got the Eight of Cups reversed, which implies uh, discipline. So I think that you search the desk pretty thoroughly and you use your discipline. And um, especially you, Sophie, I think you're the one who finds it because you've been in this situation before You've you've had to find things mm-hmm. and you know the sort of places to look. You find right. under the ink blotter, you find a very small key and also you find... Sort of on the side of the desk, there's a little wobbly piece of like part of the trim, which implies that there might be a secret drawer there. You do not find how to open it.
0: Looking around the room, a couple more questions. Mm -hmm. Is there a fireplace in this room? Penelope's mind is already going to can we destroy the letters if we find them because she would like to destroy them so that even if they are caught at least she'll have burned the evidence so there is a a fireplace. There is a
1: fireplace and I guess like when I was thinking when you were saying like is there any other exits uh I I was thinking specifically of doors there is a window uh there's a window and there is how high up are we you're on the second floor yeah uh and there is a there's a small fireplace but it's like like a warm day and so there's no fire lit in the fireplace
2: um, so I'm going to run my hands under the trim, like run it around the desk, wobble things a little mm-hmm. bit, see if anything knocks loose. I'm looking for a keyhole.
1: There's, there's several keyholes in drawers of the desk. Uh, there's no keyhole for the part where it looks like there's a secret drawer.
2: I mean, is the key that I have found working on any of those keyholes?
1: Yes. Okay, but not the secret part. The secret part doesn't have a keyhole on it. The secret part must be open some other way. So I'm I'm searching through the documents, I'm scanning it real quick. I'm asking I'm looking
2: for handwritten letters um or anything with the word with the name of the tall, skinny guy who
1: all the servants have said has been acting weird. Okay. I just drew a card for you. I would like you to draw a card as well. Looking away from my deck, I have the five of wands. The five of wands. Let's see what that is. The Five of Wands is obstacles and opposition. Uh, Obstacles and opposition from others may complicate your life. You will have to struggle to overcome this. Harmful gossip could damage your reputation and or career. You may find yourself in trouble with the law.
0: I think the tarot knows what kind of game we're playing.
1: The tarot absolutely does. Tarot knows all. The tarot is like creepily good at this game. I was like (laughs) commenting earlier that the tarot is kind of like the DM in this game, not me, Uh, and now you see why. Okay, so we drew two cards. One of them is very cool, and I'm glad that it came up. Uh, the cool. card that I drew for you. So for obstacles and oppression, so you're looking for... What are you looking for specifically, Macy? I'm looking for the types
2: of places that a self-important man would store secrets.
1: Okay, so the card that I drew for you was the star, which is oh your icon card. Which it means icon card. which means that you got a critical success, basically. Cool. Uh, it is very cool. So I think that you do pop open the a uh, drawer uh the secret drawer um mm-hmm. i think that the uh obstacles and impression uh, and oppression that you get uh is that it is also booby trapped and so your hands are now <laughs> stained with the same ink that's on freya's dress
2: i am now swearing at a <laughs> low volume but high intensity.
1: Yes. (laughs) Penelope is laughing her
2: ass off. If Penelope is laughing at me, Penelope gets an exceedingly poisonous
1: look. (laughs) Yeah. So I have some good news for you. Since you did get a critical success in the secret drawer, Penelope, you would recognize them. You, I don't think Sophie would would recognize them because you just know you're just looking for letters. There's like a bunch of letters in this drawer. And Uh, There is a bundle of them that is tied up with a little lavender ribbon. um, And Penelope, you would recognize those right away. Those are the letters that you're looking for. Um, There are also a bunch of other letters and papers in the drawer. What do you do? I
2: put Penelope's letters specifically on top of the desk and I say, are these the letters? Yes. Here you go. Deal with them. Thank you. And I quietly slip the rest of the information into my pocket under my dress without informing madam van Meer, because frankly she's done very little to recommend herself to me thus far
1: okay uh, are you looking at them at all before you put them in or are you just sort of like surreptitiously like jamming them in your pocket
2: i may have gotten a glimpse at them while i was figuring out which ones were penelope's
1: okay uh you would have seen uh they're all already opened um you would have seen that the wax seal on several of them it bears the impression of a dragon from like a okay. signet ring I am going to now say to
2: Penelope, we have very little time, and our clothes are a problem. Did you want to let him know who did this?
0: I think he's probably going to to know. I'm in his house, I've disappeared for a while. I'm going to take care of these letters. Thank you, you've done exactly what I wanted you to do, whatever compensation you want will be there. I'm going to stay for a bit longer in this study because I think something weird is going on and I'm going to have a bit look for a bit more information. You can leave.
2: Sophie closes her eyes, pinches her nose and... thinks? And says, very quietly, Despite my better judgement, Lisbeth van Meer is still my friend if you are doing something that is going to destroy your reputation to the point that it will have an impact on her, and you are, (laughs) so so basically Sophie is threatening you right now and saying, I don't particularly want to leave you here. Well,
0: I'm going to have another quick look through those drawers because I think something weird is going on. And if I am being blackmailed by somebody who is then going to try again, I would like to know about it.
2: Sophie is swearing quietly to herself and pondering what leverage she has because she suspects it less than she would prefer. (laughs) Sophie is going to take a deep breath, pause, Mm -hmm. step up close to Penelope and look her in the eye, again, probably from uncomfortably close, and say... Meddling in the business of others can bring you consequences you may not like. Ask me how I know.
0: Should I ask you how how you know? Or is that rhetorical?
2: Sophie looks away. And so she's just going to leave. And she pauses at the doorway with one hand on the doorframe and looks back over her shoulder and says, I can't stop you. But Lisbeth is a good woman. And then she leaves. So she's
0: gonna go over to all of those secret drawers and have a look through on her own.
1: I'm just trying to decide whether I want both of you to draw a tarot card to see and like whoever gets the better card. I am going to suggest that
2: I am very happy for Penelope to discover evidence that there should have been more documentation and realize after Sophie has left that Sophie clearly took it.
0: Let's say a see one let's say one of the dragon seals fell off.
2: Okay. Sophie meanwhile has set a small fire, descended to the kitchen and informed Agnes of this fact and suggested that she may want to evacuate. Oh, in the house I don't you think
1: set a, a fire. Agnes is very happy with her. Okay. Uh real quick before we resolve that, let's go back to to Penelope. So you search through the desk uh and I think that like since it's already been opened, I'm not going to make you you draw for it. Um uh, so, And you, you do find in the secret drawer, like uh, part of the, one of the wax seals of one of the letters fell off and you do recognize like the, the tail of the dragon. Uh, mm. Since you have such a great memory for faces and names, you immediately put this together with the signet ring that Master Van Henrik was wearing downstairs.
0: Somebody who's used to getting information was just in this room, opening all the things. And so Penelope pretty quickly comes to the realization that Sophie probably took the other stuff takes a deep breath and thinks about the hypocrisy of being told not to dig into other people's business from someone who just stole all the letters
2: <laughs> and works as a private eye for money <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> and decides that she is not going to drop this she is not going to let this go she's going to find out who this woman is and get those get hold of those letters from her but in the meantime she does kind of want to get out of this House and destroy the letters. So she okay. is going to. And then
2: the fire alarm
0: goes, and the magical fire alarm goes off. Fantastic! A fire, and then cr- lights a, and then you know lights a little fire in the fireplace to try. Well, magic, so easy difficulty spell to burn the letters.
1: Yeah, I would say I would say that this is a trivial difficulty spell. So you can just draw a. uh And there's also another fire in the house. So let's say, like magically, like you can draw fire from that fire. From that so fire, you can yeah. One, you can just draw one card for your result. Uh,
0: Seven of Swords.
1: Bad feelings and snooping. You are creating trouble through the wrong use of personal power. A failure of yep. a plan may come about because of wrong motives. Do not snoop into the affairs of another. You will get burned. It literally says you will get Meanwhile, burned.
2: somewhere about two blocks away Pegging it down the side of the canal (laughs) through the mud and the muck of the servants' pathway, (laughs) Sophie feels very smug for no
1: apparent reason. Do not stoop into the affairs of another. You will get burned. You feel cheated and wronged. Well, I think that that is like kind of ideal. Uh, So you do light a fire in the fireplace. It singes your fingers a little bit. Um, But you successfully burn the letters.
0: Yeah, I successfully burn the letters. I'm feeling quite cranky about it. I have still got. I still have Sophie's apron tied over the stain yep. and I've decided that I'm just going to swan down wearing it and hope that her, no
1: one notices.
0: Be like, well, we couldn't find me a new dress and we couldn't get it out, so I just took the maid's apron because that's something that I probably would do. And oh, look, we're <laughs> evacuating, so I just sort of walk out of the study, close the door and go down the steps with the air of someone who has just had a little bit more time than usual trying to get a stain out of her dress. Yeah.
1: And the fantasy fire alarm is going off and so like there's chaos downstairs and everyone is rushing out anyway And so no one is really noticing your dress. What do you do once you get out uh, get out onto the street?
0: Well, well, I look around. I'm assuming that I'm not going to see any sign of Sophie whatsoever
1: (laughs) And Sophie, what did you do like you (laughs) you hoofed it
2: Sophie found like the back alley that people use to take the garbage Uh away made her way into there and is now making her way as swiftly as possible having removed any identifying information from her uniform mm. to get as far away as she can okay
1: and penelope are you using are you going to try to track her with magic or are you going to try to like run after her what are you doing
0: um i think at the moment yeah penelope has realized that she's probably not going to have much luck getting hold of sophie today she's going to mm. put that one in the too hard basket and be like right we'll deal with that one tomorrow So I think she will probably look around in the midst of the fantasy fire alarm and possibly go back to Mr. Van Henrik uh, and attempt to do some more charming information out of him.
1: <laughs> I think that that would be an entirely other story, which maybe we will revisit sometime. <laughs> so so if let's we say we we'll will we'll leave again.
0: Penelope on there, uh, attempting not to look too smug
2: in front of the Van Wessels. Well, she wants them to know who did it, and so maybe a little smug is just fine.
1: So let me set the scene. Uh, as evening falls, it is twilight. As smoke begins to trickle out of the the windows of the Van Wessel house, <laughs> uh, and uh, Madam. Penelope Van Meer uh, swans up to uh, Master Van Henrik, the financier, and shakes his hand. And he says, uh, Madam Van Meer, I think that we might have some interesting business to discuss.
0: I think you are absolutely right. And how does he feel in this moment?
1: He's intrigued and also he's noticed your dress and he doesn't seem to be too upset about the fact that there's a fire happening. Well, thank you,
0: Mr. Van Henrik. I'm always looking for new business partners.
1: everybody, thanks for joining us for this episode of Be the Serpent, a podcast of extremely, extremely deep literary merit. When we were talking about what to do with this extravaganza, we decided that with all the scary doom stuff that's been going on in the world lately, we wanted to just do something fun. And I suggested a game in the grand tradition of extravaganza games, but bigger. Uh, So, I've been working on this tarot-based tabletop RPG system for several months now, and I'm really excited to be taking it out for a test drive in public like this. Uh, I know you only got glimpses of the actual mechanics of the system, but if you were intrigued, then keep your eyes open, because sometime in the next year or so, there might be some news that's relevant to your interests. Uh, While I have you here, though, I did want to bring up something a little more serious. Uh, back in October, we received some criticism about the episode in which we tent tentpolled A Deadly Education by Naomi Novik. Uh, over the past couple months, as that discussion has continued, we really screwed up how we handled the situation and responded to the feedback. Macy, Freya, and I have released individual statements to apologize, uh, which we'll link to in the show notes and the transcripts for anyone who hasn't already seen them. For any of our listeners who we disappointed, we're really sorry. We do want to address that in public, on air, with our actual voices. However, because of the time differential between when we record episodes versus when we release them, we've decided that the best thing to do is to skip the next episode release week and instead take that time to discuss where we're going from here and what other changes we want to make to the podcast and to our policies therefore the next episode will be four weeks hence on March 10th. We know that this is a long time to wait, and so we didn't want to just leave you hanging without at least acknowledging the problem and letting you know that further discussion of it is in the pipeline. So in advance, thank you so much for your patience. Uh, In the meantime, if you'd like to continue the conversation with us, you know how to get in touch. Our email address is serpentcast at gmail.com, and we are at SerpentCast on Twitter and Tumblr. And by the way, it feels kind of weird and awkward to come up with a compliment here, so I'll just say thanks. Thanks for supporting us, thanks for all your feedback, and thanks for listening to our dumb podcast. It really does mean a lot.